Welcome to the Sports Finder Podcast. Let's get ready to rumble! Visit sportsfinder.com. Sportsfinder, America's number one marketplace for businesses and individuals to buy and sell sporting and fitness goods. That's sportsfinder.com. S P O R T S F I N D A.com, where their vision is to make it easier to find the sporting goods you love at the best quality and price and support local businesses in the process. It's the number one way to buy and sell sport and fitness goods. So check out the website to learn more, become a buyer or a seller at Sportsfinder. Simply select an item and follow the checkout process. It's safe and secure, excellent customer service, or create an account and start selling your stuff now. There's no infiltration of the outsiders with SportsFinder. Go check out the marketplace, search their selection, and tell your friends and family about SportsFinder. That's SportsFinder.com, America's number one marketplace for sports and outdoor goods. SportsFinder community, we're back with our popular segment where we speak to sporting professionals, founders, and individuals from all over the globe. And today... We have a very special guest, Mr. Albert Hughes. Albert, welcome to the show. How are you, buddy? Hey, I'm pretty good, man. I appreciate you having me on the show, man. It's definitely an honor. I've been checking out some of the stuff y'all have going. Everything looks really cool. So I, I greatly appreciate you for uh, connecting with me and inviting me on the show. Absolutely. It's, it's my absolute my absolute pleasure, mate. Um, Albert, before we get into what you're currently doing and, and so on, Let's get back in history. Where did it all start for you? Um, man, I'm, I'm born in Houston, Texas. Uh, I grew up in a city called Friendswood, outside of Houston, a suburb. I played high school football. And, and I always had kind of a passion for sports, music, technology. Uh, I started getting on the Internet back in the day of America Online. I started building my first web pages. Back in '99, uh, wow! Take pictures of of my friends that we used to be in the locker room or outside of the gym. We would take pictures. We had profiles and, uh, on HTML pages. This was before social media, MySpace, YouTube, or anything like that. And man, I I just fell in love with the internet and, and creating things online that people can see all over the world. That was just fashion for me. And, and I just kind of continue to grow and try to build from there. Amazing, amazing. And uh, how have you seen things change since then? <sighs> the entire world has changed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like like in, in high school, it was a fun thing. I, I think I got my first domain name in 2000. Uh, so it was about to be 20 years since the first time I got a domain name. And it would take me so long to kind of even explain to people what a domain name was at the time. You know, that's just kind of the tip of, that's just kind of the base service with just, you know, with, with everything from social media, connected devices and things like that. Like I literally was on, on the internet with, you know, people in my school and the people I talked to on a normal basis. My, especially my parents, they had no idea of, of what it was. So, um, yes, yeah, seeing all that, man, just like everything over the last 20 years, it, it's changed. It, everything's changed. Wow. Crazy. 
And where where you where you currently at now, Albert? Um, I'm currently the senior manager of marketing technology at the Memphis Grizzlies, or for the Memphis organization um, that the Memphis Grizzlies is under from the NBA, the NBA team, Memphis Grizzlies. Um, at, in that particular role, I, I, I kind of manage them over the team that's responsible for the websites, the app, and different technology integrations between the different departments. Um, for the Memphis Grizzlies, the basketball team, our arena, FedEx Forum, our, our G League team, the Memphis Hustle, our 2K sports team, Grizz Gaming, and a media initiative that our organization is pushing, Grind City Media. And so I work with a, a group of, uh, of amazing guys and, 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 and un, with a team of amazing people in general and, and just try to connect the dots. So we're over the website. We do the live stream. We have a daily podcast. also responsible for YouTube. So um, that, that's where I spend my days right now down here in Memphis, Tennessee uh, at FedEx Forum trying to make it happen. Wow. Amazing, amazing. Um you, you mentioned earlier that you've seen the whole transition of the internet. Talk to us about the transition of basketball being impacted by the internet. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I've been in my role about a year and a half, and so I've been able to kind of get a picture of a snapshot of, of the transitions that, transitions that are happening within um, the business side of basketball specifically. Uh, and that's things like, you know, most people, even today, right, a lot of people are mobile first, right? Um, I think there was even time people were trying to catch up at the time to have websites for teams. And then now that they got the website, now you got to get on the app. And then um, most people are learning about team news from different platforms. And they have, you know, the different bleacher reports and all the different types of news. So, um, you have just trying to keep people engaged with your 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 brand in that sense is where people just have um, one thing I picked up in a recent conference people talked about is the idea of fans not being confined to their region or their location right growing up maybe before the internet before technology your home wherever your home team was that's the only way you could really keep up with it, right like either your local newspaper were writing about your local hometown team or those are the only type of, you know, you had to go to the game to actually see it with the internet, with social media. More people are exposed to different teams from all over the world, different players all over the world, and not even just in professional sports, right? Even if you look at Zion, Zion, he was probably more famous than 90% of the players in the NBA, right? Before, in, in while he was in high school. So it's wow. like, I think I think technology can really impact where you don't you no longer even have to be a professional or you look at look at uh down there with with, with the young ball kid. Yeah. Uh, he's already famous. He he hasn't he hasn't played it. He just started playing professional basketball really with <laughs> this year. And he's a household name. And so I think without technology we wouldn't have that. Um so I think teams you know, it's no longer needed for me to gain fame by being in a professional sport. That's one. And then I think it's also impacting fans to the point where you got things like mobile ticketing. That's been a big technology piece that teams are trying to get adjusted to staying up to speed 
to meet the demand of what's happening in the real world, as well as, you know, you have to balance that. Like if I say, hey, tickets, we're no longer giving out paper tickets, we're going mobile. Where the problem with that is you're going to have a good amount of people who are the younger generations who are used to, you know, using their phone at the airport to check in or, you know, on the phone who, hey, we, we, we have to, we, we love mobile tickets, but then you also have the traditional fans who've been season ticket holders for 20 plus years who now all of a sudden you're asking them to do something that they've never done before. And so um, I think there's a balance that people are facing where you're trying to move with technology, but you, you know, it, it's, it's very, it's sometimes it can be sensitive, but you're also dealing with a core, core fan base or a core, you know, core customer base that, that you don't want to disrupt necessarily. So um, I'm, I've seen a lot of little, there's a lot of stuff around that that I've seen that to be challenging. And then, of course, with the new medium, mediums and platforms, whether that's TikTok, whether that's YouTube, live stream, everybody, you know, podcasts for different teams are really big right now. Uh, and so I see technology is kind of playing, kind of, kind of, uh, it's, it's in pretty much at every aspect of the business, I think, that people are having to get, get kind of accustomed to and, and move with the time. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And um, even the way the, uh, the viewing of the game, I think, has been impacted probably the most because yeah, now you can, you can watch it on all these different channels uh, like Facebook, Twitch, so on, so on, so on. What yeah, is, what is, yeah um, so that, that never used to happen, right? Never used to happen. And like I can catch any game I want from anywhere, you know? Like I can exactly. Catch where, where no matter what league I can catch, and and so you got to think that's that's what's happening. So people aren't people. That's happening, right? That's that's not even um, a question about it. it. It's starting to happen. That's happening. That's in full fledged. Then the next step I, I, that I see and that we have to anticipate is when you start adding in the, the VR aspect. How yeah. can I start? When people can now, people can start interacting with the game virtually. You know, getting advanced stats while watching the game, I, I can see technology is going to start that part. And then you, you dig in a little one one step of big thing that that is is a buzz in in the U.S. and uh, maybe in other places with sports betting, and then integrating technology with sports betting and how you can get real time. And I I, I see that being the interactive and the new technology that's going to sit on top of the way we not only watch the game but interact with the game is going to yeah. be that's the next phase that that we're really moving into. Absolutely, and one one other thing is the way to the way the game is viewed. So I'll, I'll give you an example. Other than the actual streaming, so a few months ago, ESPN had a broadcast for younger kids. So you had all this AR on top of your regular stream in, engaging the kids to watch basketball or football, so on, so on, so on. So even in terms of uh, varying up the way you, you, you actually produce this content, that's also going to play a massive role. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be huge. Yeah, the, the way you're actually presenting the game and broadcasting. From a from a team standpoint or, or league standpoint. Exactly, huh? Exactly. So we're we're on a we're on a new front right now. Absolutely. Where's where's the future taking us, my man? 
that's where I think I, I, I really think the, the the hot topics that I see are, are going to be in that VR AR interactive. You know, how can I interact with the game? Get closer to yeah. the game, closer to the action. Maybe even have a way to to um, you know not not necessarily have an impact on the game, but maybe have an impact on the experience. You know, absolutely. Or interact with the experience in, in a much deeper, connected way. Absolutely. What's the biggest challenge that you say you guys are facing, and you've heard that other that other teams are facing? I, I really think one of the big challenges, and, and people go through this all the time. Uh, I think from well, let's look at it from a couple of different areas. One way is like if I'm a team, it's it's kind of what I mentioned a little bit ago. It's the balance between People who want new technology, who fan, well, let me say fans who want new technology and fans who want to be traditional, right? That's the challenge. As a as an organization, whether it's sports or any business, you know you must um, advance, you know you must evolve in order to survive, but you have to get over the fear of you know, people being, other people fearing evolution. So if I if I say, hey, I'm kind of, and it has to be done in a sensitive manner, if you have a, a, a core fan base who is used to doing something one way, but you know in the back of your head, man, we actually need to start moving with technology because that's the way it's going. Yeah. You almost have to, it's like, you got to do it. And, and kind of have a feeling of, you know, how can I do it in a way where it's not disrupting the fan base too much, but I know I still need to do it in order to survive. Uh, finding the delicate balance between that, those two and dancing between that, I think that's a big challenge that teams are having, right? Like trying to find out how can you keep moving forward without disrupting these people or being able to get these people to move forward with us. So whether that's through education, whether that's through um Communication, the way you roll things out—that's where I see a challenge with any of this new technology. Getting people to to, to adopt and, and without uh, making them upset, right? And without yeah, losing. without yeah. without losing people, basically. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's a that's a that's a challenge I've seen. Um, and then going in, even to the new type of fan, how do you keep people engaged with your brand? Like I said, it may have been easier in the past. If you're from uh, Boston, right, then, you know, you're naturally a Red Sox fan. You're naturally a Patriots fan. And, and Boston may not be a good example. Those people are hardcore. <laughs> but um, you're naturally like a regional fan where now you have to work harder because there might be somebody in Boston who loves LeBron James. So, therefore, they're a Lakers fan right now. Uh, LeBron, they, they may end up being a um, – Kyrie Irving fans from now that he's to Brooklyn, now they're no longer a Celtics fan. They're a Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets fan because their favorite player has moved on. So I think a lot of fans, the new fan isn't as loyal in a sense based on reason. You may you have to do a little bit more as an organization to keep people in your brand where in the past you may have just had fans by default because of your location. And so I think organizations have to be smart and find ways 
to keep their fans loyal and engaged with the organization brand while competing honestly with with personal brands and other sports and new mediums and ways to watch this other game. So if in fact like growing up we could only watch the Rockies on TV. Like it wasn't I, I'm pretty sure maybe they have a couple games every weekend or something like that. But if we wanted to watch T V the games that were gonna show were gonna be the Houston Rockets. It wasn't like I could just watch any game. And so the the people I knew, the players I knew, the team I knew was the Rockets. It was easy for me to be a Rockets fan. But now I got if I got League Pass or if I got some type of streaming or Hulu, I can watch a variety of games. So it would be hard. Like I'm not, in a sense, forced or confined to just one city. So um, from a team standpoint, they got to work a little bit hard. Absolutely, and 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 the challenges will get more and more and more difficult because there'll be more and more channels like VR and so on and so on. So. Um, interesting, interesting times ahead, my man. Um, Mr. Albert, you've been awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, unfortunately, we have to wrap things up due to time, um, but we've definitely enjoyed our chat. Before I let you go, where can we find you online? I'm online. If you look up, just if, if you're on LinkedIn, search for Albert Hughes. Um, Memphis Grizzly and, and pull me up there if you're on Instagram if you're on Twitter A Hughes CEO uh, on Twitter and Instagram and that's where you'll be able to find awesome thank you very much Mr. Albert Hughes Senior Manager of Marketing Technology at the Memphis Grizzlies once again thank you very much for joining me on the Sports Finder podcast Yes, sir. I appreciate you, man. Thanks again. You have a good winner. Until next time. Visit sportsfinder.com. SportsFinder, America's number one marketplace for businesses and individuals to buy and sell sporting and fitness goods. That's sportsfinder.com, S-P-O-R-T-S-F-I-N-D-A.com, where their vision is to make it easier to find the sporting goods you love at the best quality and price and support local businesses in the process. It's the number one way to buy and sell sport and fitness goods. So check out the website to learn more, become a buyer or a seller at SportsFinder. Simply select an item and follow the check out process it's safe and secure excellent customer service or create an account and start selling your stuff now there's no infiltration of the outsiders with sports finder go check out the marketplace search their selection and tell your friends and family about sports finder that's sportsfinder.com america's number one marketplace for sports and outdoor goods thank you for listening to the sports finder podcast We'll catch you on our next episode. Y'all ready for this?